0: hey everyone welcome back to another episode of run yogi diaries this is your host santosh shiva i hope uh, you had a wonderful week and uh, you had some time to play to hike bike run swim whatever is your thing and uh, today in the house i have uh, bipul talukdar a extremely accomplished ultra runner from the bay area and uh, he's um, someone uh, we know is the only person who's done the um, a triple crown for 200 milers, at least amongst the South Asian, you know, Indian community in America, which is pretty cool. Setting uh, new standards and raising the bar as far as endurance is concerned um, among the community. So we get behind the scenes, we ask him what motivates him, what uh, are his uh, secret uh, hacks that uh, gets him going on these amazingly difficult races and um, by the way if you like these conversations uh, kind of guests we I bring on the show uh, both you know personal journeys as well as practitioners in different arenas uh, for well-being and endurance please do subscribe to this channel share this podcast with others you think can gain from the knowledge of uh, people on the show and uh, leave your comments and let us know what you think um, what you took away and There's something else we can add, uh, do more in this uh, channel. Uh, This podcast is available on all audio uh, podcast platforms. If audio is your thing, in addition to be on YouTube. Hi, people! Welcome to Ran Yogi Diaries.
1: Hi, Santos. Thank you.
0: Uh, Finally, uh, get to speak with you. I know uh, we've been talking to each other for a while, uh, back and forth, and so here we are. (laughs) Yeah, we are here now. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. So, hey, it's such a pleasure having you uh, on board and uh, have this conversation. You know, I was looking at. your uh, resume in the endurance sports, which is something that's, uh, you know, amazing and uh, that everybody should really be aware of. Uh, So you're probably the the first person of Indian origin, if I may say that, uh, who's done the Triple Crown uh, in ultras uh, last year in 2021, which is essentially three 200 milers, Triple Crown and 200 milers in a matter of, uh, I think, um, you know, three or four months window. And you also did, did the Cocodona 240 last year. Uh, so you've been running quite a bit in 2021. And uh, so incredible, incredible. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
1: My friends were telling me my racing miles were more than my training miles. That's <laughs> not a great compliment, but that's how it had been. <laughs>
0: well, okay. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, so, uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's quite amazing. And we're going to uh, dig into how you got there. And I see that, um, uh, you know, you've been, uh, what, in Ultras for more than 10 years, you know, done 59 plus Ultras as per ultra sign up. And so you've been running quite uh, seriously for a while. And uh, originally from Assam in India, right, um, work in the tech industry, live in the Bay Area. Uh, married, Uh, what else? Did I miss something?
1: No, you covered pretty much all.
0: (laughs) Terrific. Cool. So, again, um, I think what we can do is do a bit of a flashback, right? Uh, You know, uh, here we are, you know, in the the starting scene is you've done these four 200 milers. You know, that's kind of incredible. Uh, Let's get into a bit of a backstory. How did it all start for you? When did it start?
1: right um, it's very interesting like i never had interest in running really and um <clears throat> so however i had this fascination for you know iron man and all that and we have our local bay area pioneer like rajiv char you heard about uh-huh. him probably so he was one of the coaches of team asa as well team asa like it's an organization uh, run by primarily indian community uh, across mm-hmm. the globe and uh, they raise funds for underprivileged children in India mm-hmm. so they had this program going like you know run a marathon and run a half marathon to start with and mm-hmm. so i had this bucket list item right running a marathon everybody has one i mean some people mm-hmm. do it some do not but more of like and you know, i wanted to be an iron man like Rajiv sar you know that's why mm-hmm. i went to a kickoff meeting you know, it happened in Sports Basement in Sunnyvale in 2011, July sometime. Wow. That's where it start, all started, you know. And I was really fascinated by the story of Dimasa. you know, how they helped, uh, you know, um, you know having schools for underprivileged children, running them mm-hmm. in India. Man. Great cause to do something, right? right? So I joined there and it all started over there. I learned how to run there. <laughs> From two miles onwards, I could only run two miles on a treadmill before that. And
0: hmm. yeah,
1: then I got half marathon, marathon and and so forth.
0: Awesome. And and uh, were you a swimmer? Did, did you, are you a swimmer? No,
1: that's the thing. So I, I was never a swimmer. I did not know how hard swimming is. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to be Ironman. And, you know, I went to learn swimming as well. Not part of the program, but on the uh-huh. side. But I failed every time and I'm failing till today. And, and you know, and that's something I'm keeping for later now. Like I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay, now that I'm getting better, a little bit better at something like running, let me get to some amount of satisfactory performance at this or, or results. And I'm thinking I'll probably engage <laughs> in swimming at some time and, you know, live up the dream of being an Iron Man one day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, I I, I kind of uh, did my first triathlon uh, last year in 2021. And, um, you know, like everyone, uh, my biggest fear was uh, swimming and especially swimming in open water.
1: Right. And
0: uh, so I broke through that and I'll we will have a conversation about this after the podcast.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have funny stories around it. We'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, we should... Uh, we should have you do an Iron Man and get you back in the podcast after that again. <laughs> I cannot guarantee you that, but I will try. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that that makes sense. So here we are, right? Um, you started uh, wanting to do an Iron Man, and then you know you went on this huge journey of running, and um, uh, and I think your humility is uh, quite uh, un- you know un. Uh, what' What do you call um, your, your humility is ama- you know quite impressive because um, with the kind of work you've done, you still feel that you need to do more, which is, which is good in a way because it keeps propels you to keep doing more so yeah, so how did um, two mile uh, run and uh, wanting to do a marathon uh, tell us about it when was your first marathon? Uh,
1: it was in Nepal, I think two thousand and twelve. Hmm. Um, the Napa Marathon that was my first and it was an interesting story at the finish line all cramping up lying down on the ground oh my god it it was something Uh, but first time is first time you know I would always remember that anything you do first you always remember and that's something to cherish for
0: life for sure yeah yeah and then what happened after that so you did the fast marathon did the marathon bug bite you or uh, what happened after that yeah,
1: so right after doing the first marathon, uh, in a couple of days from there, I went to a track in Campbell, and, and my other coach, uh, Coach Raman, at that time, uh, who's a great you know endurance activist uh, locally again, and you know preacher uh, in the area. And um, so he uh, told me that, hey, you know what? There is this 50 kilometer run in Route Anderson. So that's Lake Merced near San Francisco. And that's mm. in about a week from in the, the marathon or maybe, maybe two weeks, I <laughs> don't exactly remember. Then I thought, okay, that marathon is the 26 miles and this one is 50 kilometer, like 31 miles or so, not too much of a distance. So mm. maybe I can go. So, you know, and I kind of recovered, you know, that time I was about 37, 38 year year old and the recovery Mm. was faster than now at least. So I recovered and then I went with the flow. I went there and, you know, ran the route Anderson 50 kilometer. Um, Yeah, and I loved it, you know, and my goal was to kind of beat my marathon PR in the 50K and I did that Mm. and then I even, I was happier. So, okay. so. 30 mile, 31 mile is not too bad. So that's how it went onwards further. So I ran my, I think, 50 mile in 2013 at Avalon 50 uh, Avalon miler in Catalina Island in uh, near LA. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's a great island also to visit. I and my wife, we went there, we had a great stay. Next day morning, there is this 50 mile run and I absolutely enjoyed that. And then on like, I could say, okay, 50 mile done. Maybe I can call myself an ultramarathoner now, I mean in the real sense. Then some people started, and some people argue, okay, until you do 100 miles, you are not a real mm-hmm. ultramarathoner. You know? That's when it's all about it. Then I thought, oh my God, 50 miles felt harder. Double the distance, not possible, not going to happen. <clears throat> and that's mm-hmm. when I kind of started indulging in discussion of more longer runs. Anil Rao, you know him. So yeah. he, yeah, he came into the picture. He ran hundred mile, and I looked up to him, talked to him, learned things, and then eventually I ran in two thousand, in two thousand fourteen, my first hundred miler, wow. uh, Rio Del Lego hundred miler. So, like, in matter of two years, uh, in just yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Now I think that I should not have taken two years. Uh, I because that time my mind was not strong enough. It was mm. just a nurturing thing, right? I mean, it's I was building it. It will not should not take two years just to finish the hundred miler. It will take mm. longer to do a great job in there. But mm. just to finish, um, I would not say the fifty mile to hundred mile. It should take two years if you're mm. training good. Maybe a year it should take uh, because once you do fifty miler, if your mind is strong, you can do hundred miler. You can turn into mm. it. You can finish it. I mean, I mean, not saying you will run a sub twenty four hundred or something and
0: yeah interesting so are you someone who is very focused by nature i mean you know something like uh, starting to run a marathon and then to 50 50 mile and then 100 mile obviously requires a certain level of dedication and you know change in lifestyle right Right. Uh, and and um, so that's usually where people struggle right in scaling Uh, and in two years you scaled which means that there's probably has been a huge change in your lifestyle from prior to running so is that something that comes naturally to you or did you have to kind of uh, was that something that you had to work on
1: yeah once i set my goal at something i Mm. normally uh, kind of put my energy towards it properly Mm. like uh, especially the mind and uh, because i I believe in two aspects uh, primarily once is setting your mind right and then Mm. Having your physique at the optimum shape so that your mind can drive it right. Mm -hmm. So I normally uh, say about that my it's my word that uh, uh, building your toolbox. Mm. So basically, the toolbox is basically you know having your physical side of uh, ready side. Mm. physical side of you getting it ready. Like it could be nutrition, it could be Mm. you know strength training, and it could be you know discipline. Um, and 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 of course, the prioritization because we are in a family people mm. and and uh, priority should be set right, and the expectation needs to be set right with the family so that you don't have problem executing your- uh, you know mm. uh, what is called timetable <laughs> right? right I mean so so that's that's what it is. once all these things fall in place, I think nothing can stop you at what mm. you want to achieve.
0: And that's something that comes naturally to you, this, this organizing, creating the toolkit. Yeah, I get a high
1: out of it. Like training okay. uh, training is my high
0: in mm. general.
1: If mm. it is hard, if it is hard, like if yeah, my yeah. goal is hard, then training is really a high for me. If the yeah. goal is something uh, I feel that not so challenging, then probably I will not train right and I will not do very well also in the activity. So that's me. That's mm. how I am wired.
0: Mm. And um, in terms of, uh, you know, methodologies or, uh, you know, how did you uh, know how to build this volume of running? Uh, did you use a, was it, was you, you have a coach, a book? Did somebody inspire you? How did yeah, you decide so that?
1: various things at various times. So I am not stuck at one thing kind of person. Mm. I experiment a lot, like, you know, uh, before getting into serious ultra running, I read a book, uh, Eat and Run, right, I think. Yeah, that was the one uh, by Scott Zurek. Yeah. The yes. Scott Zurek. Okay, after reading that book, I became vegan for three and a half years, oh. right away. Mm. Right, and, uh, and uh, so that book had a lot of impact on me, like how mm. mind, how nutrition can sense things uh, and the prowess of the mind can sense things. Mm. right and um, so I follow uh, Scott Jurek uh, till today and and I believe uh, you know he's one of my you know great athletes I follow mm. and in the nutrition part I really learned from that book mm. you have to know your body you have to know your nutrition you have to set it right and it can be different for different persons mm. so yeah so yeah
0: so you still vegan?
1: No, I'm not. So mm. uh, I apparently, uh, once our, you know, a child was born, it was very hard in the family to, you know, do multiple different kind of food. And yeah. given that we all have to work, you know, and at that point of time, I just stopped being a vegan, but started to select food that's not bad enough. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and, and indulge accordingly, basically, but still try to, yeah. uh, you know, maintain, um, you know, um, good food habit, but mm. it's not always possible in the community. Um, you know, we, we thrive on good food and different kind of delicacies as Indian yeah. community, and and Indian food probably is like it's very healthy food in you know, a cooked in not so healthy way most of the time, <laughs> right? So I mean, that's how I to, <laughs> yeah, that's how it? I see it. So I mean, you have all these nice vegetables and things, then you fry it up, right? So mm. and not too much of boiled or stew kind of food. We curry it up a lot of spices and things. Maybe some spices right. are good, but you also add like oil. Like in the northeastern part of India, like you'll cook fish with fried deep in mustard oil. Mm. Right? So, <laughs> you know, that and you can just probably bake the fish. So, mm. you know, some people have various sorts of cooking the same way, like but baking it before not actually frying it in mustard oil. So but the classical way of doing it is deep fry in mustard oil yeah. then put into
0: a curry. So <laughs> That's what tastes good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Taste matters. <laughs> Taste matters. <laughs> right? Right? We are we are sensory beings. Right? We have five senses and you gotta entertain those senses, right? Yeah, absolutely and because baked fish i don't know i i just i just can't survive baked fish (laughs) you want to punish me fine give me baked fish
1: (laughs) right yeah deep fried fish definitely tastes good yeah
0: yeah terrific so um so what kind of volumes were you running i mean so you know marathons you're probably looking at 30 40 miles you get gets you across a marathon line now you you know in a matter of two years uh, did you, you did your training volumes also go up significantly? Well, I'm not a
1: volume guy, right? Mm. So, so that's who I am, and I do not run too many miles. Sometimes I run volumes just to, you know, be with friends, mm. and, but otherwise, I am not like a volume kind of person. Like I'm more of like trust um, a strength training, okay, and 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 more of uh, what is it called plyometrics kind of workout. Mm. that uh, that explosiveness in a workout right like jumping um in those boxes doing a, a jumper rope and mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and do circuit training uh, So mm. which basically keeps your cardio at a higher level and mm. at the same time you kind of get very close to heat workout kind of thing mm. and, and uh, right and so that's my main that's my baseline and then my volume um, as the training goes, it will be very race specific. Like okay. I will try to really you know, like, uh, you know, uh, train on surface or terrains that the race has. So I I don't hesitate to travel far for that. Like for example, mm-hmm. you know, when I was like you know thinking about 200 milers in my mind, and so for training, I started driving to Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, lake Tahoe and, you know, did certain sections there and uh, to get the terrain and get the uh, and of, and the longest kind of training I needed. So I, I did the uh, Tahoe TRT 165 or 170 mile all around the lake. That's as part of my training. So that, uh, you know, before going to 200, I wanted to be in a mindset of, you know, I wanted to have that confidence
2: mm-hmm.
1: that in my body can take that you know hours take those many hours and with little sleep and also can handle the kind of terrains that a 200 mile might offer you because 200 mile Mm. is long distance and you cannot may have a complete flat in a point to point or even in a big loop um you know terrain so it Mm. will have like you know really elevated uh, or hard terrains so i wanted to train accordingly and i did that so race specific training is what i'm trying to mean here
0: yeah
1: not okay. too much of miles
0: not too many miles so, but what, what what my what is an average mile I, would, let's I say? would
1: I would still I mean some week I mean very few though week I did run 100 mile a week
0: hmm.
1: uh, but mostly <laughs> my running volume probably stays at 40 mile to 60 hmm. mile yeah during wow. a training period yeah but regularly wow. that's what it would be uh, but I'm like sort of crazy at times like I will not do anything all of a sudden I will start doing. Like you know one run, I'll do thirty mile, and the next mm. day, I'll do another ten or twenty mile, but that's how I am, and I can take that load because like what I mentioned is because of the strength training that routine yeah. that I maintain, and I'm very regular of that. I do mm. that like six days a week at least so so that's where probably um is something you know I would say commendable that i can is helping me out, right,
0: yeah that's that's gold that's gold in what you're sharing because the the common um, approach to training uh, long you know longer run races is to keep increasing volume right and you know <clears throat> the, you know that's that just seem that's a that seems to be the common myth and uh, everyone talks about strength training uh, but it kind of is more of a you know icing uh, you do a couple of times a week and that's it right but in what you're saying, uh it is a complete a different paradigm which which is which is very interesting and it also gives hope because I think uh you can manage and bring in those high intensity trainings even if you have a busy week uh, with regards to work and you know family and right. stuff like that and, uh, and and if you're able to get 40 60 miles which takes you away from home uh you're still getting ready for these kind of races so people really want to do this, you know this this seems to be a lot more practical in that sense right Um, I think the key is staying in
1: shape as the body goes from from strength and I would say cardio perspective right I mean when Mm. you when you do training uh, keep giving a hit to on your cardio your lungs system is still in shape even though you are not doing too many miles, like eighty miles a like week or something, on a regular basis, so you are still yeah. in shape and you are able to handle all that you know climbs, downhills, um, easier, right?
0: Yeah, your lungs are in shape. I think your your musculature is, is right. strong enough to withstand that uh, endurance, right? Right, and and of right. course your your. Your your heart's probably uh, also in great shape because uh, you know, yeah, it makes 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 a lot of sense. And um, so, so two years, two thousand. You're in two thousand sixteen. You've done your one hundred milers, and then you. So when did you actually d- determine this approach right then, or was that something that evolved over a period of time?
1: It's. Uh... Um, well, I think I am that way. Uh, I think from beginning, uh, because even before coming to running, uh, I was in combat sport, mm. and um, so I used to do karate and uh, you know uh, kickboxing uh, those sort of stuff since I was growing up uh, since uh, school, and and and, and so uh, and it had a lot of like you know intensity workouts, right? Mm. I'm used to that. And and, and it's so necessarily, it kind of came to me that, you know, maintaining that on a daily routine and a discipline was easier for me. And mm. if I don't do that, it's not normal for me. So, mm. uh, and if, like, t- for example, today, if I don't go to the gym and work out, mm. and uh, and I will feel that I miss something before I sleep. Mm. So, uh, so that's how I had been wired, uh, you know, for this. So I think that helped me. And, yeah no those
0: that's uh, <clears throat> that's a lot of gold in in what you sh- in what you're sharing right in terms of your training approach and uh, how also repeatedly doing something becomes a lifestyle and it's not necessarily something you have to force yourself to do but probably right, there is it an becomes initial, rather fun
1: uh, It becomes rather fun, fun. and yeah. every day you go even to push something which you haven't done before and and yeah. trust me there are like numerous millions of things that you can do Uh, within a you know small set of workouts yeah you can do things differently and you can think about uh, evolving that for yourself given you are a trail runner how you can probably you know what i would call extend a specific workout right Mm -hmm.
0: and on an average right um, how many hours do you train per week right so
1: I would be working out for strength, minimum one hour to ninety minutes, mm. and on some specific days I would work out probably two hours, mm. and so minimum sixty minutes and maximum one twenty minutes every day. That is, mm. uh, and and um, so I would say for family, someday I would not go. Like that will be six days a week still, right? And. I will have a run uh, going like, you know, five mile to 10 mile, uh, depends on the time I have. Right. And yeah, so that will equate to, you can say, 90 minutes multiplied by six, right? So that's my workout strength training on average. And plus the one mi- one hour run, you can think about four days a week or so. Um, And then in the weekend, it will be a little longer. And in the weekend, if I run like a 30-mile run, then I would not be doing my strength training that day. Mm -hmm. But but Sunday, I will go back to strength training again for recovery, mm -hmm. foam rolling. I'm a big believer of foam roller. It's a poor man's massage. So it really works well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So we're looking at about 15 hours of training uh, on an average in a week, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but sometimes uh, i will throw in a big run i will drive out i will run a, like a six hour run so then you know minimum 15 hours you can say yeah and it can go up to whatever you
0: know yeah maybe yeah. 20 hours so yeah. so essentially <clears throat> you are always ultra race ready right you know uh at this level this volume of training uh while you're not running as much uh, right. but you still your volume in terms of hours is quite significant, um, right? So you, yeah. you you're always ready for for a for a challenge. That that's what I am, I'm right. Thinking. Yeah.
1: So but, yeah, I think now that I look at it as you have put it here, mm. um, I did not think it that way. Mm. But you are right that uh, because of the strength training that's going every day, yeah. and because I'm maintaining a minimum level of strength training right there. Yeah. As a reference, where is the baseline is, mm. and given I have some run going here and there, yeah. I would think that you know I can probably go and do uh, whatever I have done in the past. Yeah. Probably just go out and do it. I mean, I feel like that definitely. Yeah. 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 So I, if I need to improve my performance, mm. then I have to train. Yeah, uh, uh, over the past whatever I have. Yeah, uh, I have to. Sense. I have to train then. But otherwise, I can probably replicate uh, what I have yeah. done uh,
0: if I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Terrific. No, those those are those are great tips, and it gives a kind of a backstory of uh, what it takes to be an ultra runner like you, right? Um, uh, it's doable. Uh, at the same time, it needs a certain level of organizing. It needs a certain level of focus to put in these hours. You may not be running. Uh, Volumes out there uh, but right. the way you're doing it is amazing because I also feel this is a little bit more injury proof as well uh, because uh, it's making you strong and you're not out there like a crazy guy running you know hundreds of miles every week putting a lot of stress to your body uh, right that that that's another thing that i'm I'm kind of taking in in the way you' right the muscular
1: this. system will support you against injury yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you're you are keeping the muscles um, in shape uh, yeah. to continue. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And it makes also sense. like uh, for somebody who is aging, um, you know, beyond 40, say I'm 48, 49. Hmm. And, you know, and if you do not strength train, uh, it's not possible to get the strength you need um, uh, of doing a, you know, 100 or 200 miler uh, yeah. just like that. You have to keep your muscles in place by working them out, so that they can support you during an extreme endurance activity like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I guess it also has an impact uh, in your uh, ability to metabolize food, right? Because um, the more muscular you are, uh, the more rested metabolic rate is high, and therefore you're also burning calories uh, more efficiently. Therefore. Energy availability is also, uh, you know, uh, is is a natural thing. I mean, all of these play a role, right? Um, when you actually go out and do do these kind of things, because it's not just one parameter; it's just a combination of many parameters that come together, right?
1: Absolutely, that's rightly said. Yeah.
0: Right, and and what about? Um, how does uh, uh, so that that's terrific that, i mean that's a great lifestyle by the way that's a great lifestyle um what about mental health how does it help you or affect you mentally do you do you feel tired Do you feel great um, you know what's what's your views on that
1: yeah i would say that i would not feel tired mentally from the endurance uh, perspective of it like mm. if i'm in a 100 mile run um, somehow it's so much fun being out yeah. there that the mind is actually not tired in that mm. specific aspect. So that's what I would say. When the mental tiredness comes probably whenever you are doing, you know, your daily activity stuff that we need to do, we must do as family person. It's mm. not easy maintaining both these things yeah. together, right? Because running is very simple. You put your legs back and, I mean, keep forward and you keep going. You eat and you climb and you go down and it's very easy and it gives you happiness, right? But but life is not so simple, right? I mean, in family life, I mean, there are so many aspects. Kids, your friends, you have maintained and all relationships have to be maintained. Otherwise, they are not there, right? So maintenance of relationship and at the same time, Uh, you know, doing all the nitty gritties of daily life, be it grocery, be it house maintenance, be it plumbing, be it whatever, right? All these things are probably harder than (laughs) running as the mental aspects of it go, right? I mean mind Mm -hmm. is definitely affected by all these different things and this running comes as a rescue for the mind. Mm. Uh, Keep it healthy and keep a balance and make you do the life's things better so right. it's kind of complements right. it. So that's how I would put it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So your, your, your wife is happy that you're doing these things because you're you're more available in real sense. Okay. Exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. But it's yeah. not fun when you come back for a really long run and you were a vegetable and you were lying down on a sofa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not fun then. Yeah. But uh, that's the uh, part of this whole thing I'm trying to beat. Uh, mm. I don't want to be lying down like that, mm, mm. and 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 I I tell you, if you maintain a good strength training routine, good, uh, food habit, nutrition on the dot, uh, yeah. you will have soreness and pain, but you will not be like dead without energy. You will yeah. still have energy left for daily life. I think that's yep. important.
0: train. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think the other thing is that um, I mean there is the mind, but there's also the brain, right? Right. Uh, right. So you know the brain um, apparently is the biggest consumer of calories uh, in our body, and um, so when uh, you you are out there physically active, you're also depriving the brain of some calories. So that leads to exhaustion. I mean that's where you have things right. people going unconscious and you know uh, hallucinations because your brain's not getting right. enough, getting enough sugar. Or right. ketones, or whatever that is, mm-hmm. so uh, so there is that aspect, right? Uh, and I think that's where your nutrition plays a role, and you know, eating certain kinds of food that right. helps you balance out the whole thing. And and I think from what you're saying, right? If you're doing this consistently, then you 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 become strong. You you know, you you're you're just not fit aerobically, but you're a, a strong fit mm-hmm. individual. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, functionally fit is the word. Uh, yeah, uh, functional like that. fitness. exactly functional that's fitness, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if your wife wants you to lift some heavy stuff from the garage and move it to the to the, right. to the driveway, you're right. there, right? You're not like yeah. saying, "Oh, I can't do it." They, yeah, okay, I'm here. I tell I you, that it. helps, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. So uh that that's awesome. So coming back, and you know, kind of fast forward, let's get to 2021 uh what an year uh, right uh four 200 milers and um, you know um when the first time i heard somebody doing a moab 240 i was like really people actually run that long uh <laughs> and here i am talking to someone who's done it four times you know coca the moab the tower 200 the bigfoot 200 Let's get into it. Let, yeah, so, let's get so, let into me g-
1: let me like make it appropriate a little bit. The Tahoe Two Hundred was not official last year; it okay. was a it was a, a virtual race. Okay, and and um, and and apparently that turned out to be harder than the actual Tahoe Two Hundred because I know the Tahoe mm. trails, but because mm. it had to be done virtually with the help of community and you know, it, it was a great race overall, and we raised funds for Cal Fire during it. So things were right in place and it helped uh, uh, but it was not
0: the official tahoe 200
1: um mm, last okay. year
0: so is this the the triple crown The which is the triple crown which of the three make the triple crown
1: uh, the the tahoe 200 of course but that mm-hmm. was official varswell tahoe 200 right, right, so okay. it goes in there and then right. moab 240 and then bigfoot mm. 200
0: okay and um uh, talking about a virtual 200 uh, so where did you get those miles how did you manage to get 200 miles how did you chart that if you had to do it virtually
1: right it was interesting um so you know many people do it different way like they go mm. actual. some people might even go to tahoe and do it there right okay. and then you have to take your own crew there and do stuff right but for me uh, i wanted to just do locally where people can engage And also at the same time, you know, be part of it, like Mm. in the, and I wanted to bring the community together and, and do things together make it more fun for everyone. Everybody chip in their own miles too, at the same time while I'm Mm. doing it. So that was my plan. So we have Mission Peak, uh, which is about 2,200 feet. uh, And in three miles, it goes about that much climb and so i wanted to kind of do sort of like a, a climb a lot in the beginning mm-hmm. like um so so i did about i think um 29, plus feet vert particles in the first i think six, 75 miles and that was mm-hmm. only repeat of mission peak up and down basically
0: but that's everesting for you
1: uh <laughs> Well, so, yeah, it, it's called Everesting. It's uh, like a very uh, silly term in a way because, you know, people cannot really do Everesting here. I mean, you need to yeah. do the altitude and all that. Yeah. So I don't did not want to mention that term. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's Everest height you get without yeah. sleeping. Mm-hmm. And, and once you have that, and I wanted to actually do two of that together, and I failed miserably. And... Um, I, I just, you know, I thought, okay, I'm done here not sleeping. <laughs> so I ran from there after finishing that part, 75 miles and that of part, I ran to home uh-huh. and at home I took rest, of course, because you can take rest in 200. So it's okay. <laughs> So yeah, I took rest at home and then what I did, uh, oh yeah, it was night. So I just, you know, there is this neighborhood block and did about 50 kilometers or whatever, going around the block. Mm-hmm. and 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 during all these activities i had our whole community we have a community okay. we name it sage um and and, and you know basically said they see um primarily yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a,
0: I'm a part of it now in the facebook <laughs> group
1: yeah right i mean and there is another part of it sage of brown okay so, okay <laughs> all right so this is there is this community so this community helped me a lot my family helped me my friends and mm. and, and friends beyond the community also came in really help the local people. And and then I did all these, um, you know, rounds and rounds around my head, uh, just around my neighborhood block. Mm. And then I got some distance there, like 50 kilometer, And then following that, there is this um, Mount Hamilton. There mm-hmm. is this leak observatory that's like a, about 4,000 feet uh, altitude. Um, in my Not in my neighborhood, really. It's about 25, 26 miles from my home to the top of it. So mm-hmm. then I climbed that and came back down and then finished the rest of about 20 miles left. And then, and that I did in the local Alam Rock Park. And, mm. and and it was done like 200.0, whatever mile. I mean, I did not do any mile more than the 200 miles. <laughs> because it's hard staying home, you know, even to go back to home and sleep, you know. Yeah. it's easier on the race course, but when you are near your home, your mind keeps telling you hey just stop this and go home and sleep you know eat your favorite food watch tv or something right and it is hard and also like in in between you have some life's work too like you are at home so we are Mm -hmm. expected to take the garbage out right i mean when you were (laughs) (laughs) that's the functional fitness i was talking about (laughs) right so you are taking (laughs) bread but you are taking the garbage out you don't do this thing in a race course right (laughs) (laughs) that's funny a so wife's left, that's how it that's happened all, and
0: it yeah, wife's funny. like that's all good you know you're doing 200 <laughs> milers but hey this is just like half few yards just take it and go okay don't complain yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't need to be asked for that I I will just do it uh, take it as a training but I wish I wear my watch and get to the mileage of the 200s <laughs> but unfortunately not
0: <laughs> so so all this, this 200 milers yeah, um, you need to do it within a certain time window correct that even, in the, correct. Um, even in the virtual even in the virtual even right. in the What's virtual the
1: time i think in the virtual they gave you 110 110 hours okay and and, and it, actually hours. it will be 100 hours because 100 knowing hours. the logistic of the stuff they give 10 10 more hours more and i did about 105 hours so it's I four days. Want to push yeah it's four days yeah
0: four days right four so, days actually mm-hmm. so in four days you you need to do 200 miles Right. And uh, what, a, so does it give you, uh, uh, does it allow you uh, time to sleep at all? It does. It does. Because in a verse you don't have cutoffs. Hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. For me, I created my cutoff because, uh, in terms of sleep, uh, hmm. because I that's why I put that that resting term in there, right? You cannot sleep until you finish that part of 30, right. um, 30 uh, to 29,000 plus feet. So yeah, that it. was that was harder than a regular 200 because you have to mm. cover that much of heart without sleeping and without really stopping. Mm. I mean, you can eat food, stop and eat food, but not really real rest. You cannot rest uh, like... A,
0: like if so even the word is is prescribed. So you know, if you want to do a virtual, uh, th- they tell you not the distance alone, but also the word. You oh need yeah. To cover so that
1: distance was, requ- about, was required about I think thirty thirty five thousand
0: or thirty three thousand <coughs> feet.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I I wow. got about thirty seven or thirty eight thousand feet part. I think.
0: Wow and and this is all on your you know you're measuring all of this in your garmin or you know, yeah that
1: is the key you have to have a measuring device with you like a gps mm. device that and okay. that must not malfunction if it malfunctions you do all over
0: again wow that is amazing i mean that is quite amazing i mean it's un um, that's like unimaginable right um, to to be able to do 200 milers uh, it requires a different level of motivation and discipline because like you said, you see, you're coming back home, you see the bed. You just don't <laughs> want to get back into the race. Right. It's a different level of discipline, right? And, and you said uh, you involved the community. So uh, there were people running with you in these different segments? Right, How uh, right. Involving yeah. them? Many
1: okay. people paced me during it. And, and, and in fact, uh, uh, my friend, uh, like Pradeep, so he in fact carried one big ice bag with him support mm. me during one climb it was very hot you know it was like wow. that's at that, that time of the year when it was hot and it was hot and he, <laughs> he actually carried a big bag of ice I, I put it on my head and legs and stuff when we took a break in between while climbing so that's just one example of how the yeah. community came together and helped me out and without the community this would not have this would have been impossible
0: absolutely no that's that's awesome and and um was uh, so this was not your first 200 miler, this was your uh third one, right? Uh, this September, we're talking about, and you had done the Cocodona by then in May. Uh,
1: that is correct. I did Cocodona and Bigfoot by that time, I think.
0: Right, right. So, you, you had a sense of what it takes to do a 200 miler,
1: right? I had that sense, but what I did not have is having home nearby, how difficult it is.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so conditions was, yeah. conditions matter, yeah. right? Right, right. So let's um, dial back a little bit and uh, get into the Cocodona two hundred and fifty. That was your first, right? Right. And, uh, the first two two hundred plus miler that you ran. How how was that to do a uh, doing it for the first time?
1: Yeah, so I planned very well for that race, hmm. and um, also on top of that. Uh, we three of us went together, like Kaushik, Pradeep, and me, and we had a great crew with me, Himagiri and Pavan. Um, yeah. So they were our crew, and uh, all,
0: all three have been on my podcast. Hima, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Hima, Pradeep, and uh, uh, this guy, uh, uh,
1: Kaushik, right? Kaushik, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, you will have Pavan someday as well. He just yes. ran a, a splendid sub-three marathon recently.
0: Wow, yeah, we should bring him <laughs> in to complete complete the picture.
1: <laughs> sure, so uh, here's this thing. Yeah, so they were all there. And I had no plan of going there, really. this uh, Primarily, Cossack and Prodi were running. And one day, Cossack mm. and me were like, you know, like running up Mr. Peak just as a regular run. And he told me about Cocodona. And I told him, maybe I can come in. Because I, I felt ready because I had the training in my legs at that time. And I thought, maybe I can come in. And then then about two weeks before the race, actually, I signed up, I think. And uh, two or max four weeks. I'd not be surprised if it is two weeks. And uh, so great. I got in. It, yeah, like I said, I wanted to be in safe. So I was in safe, I thought. And so I signed up. And then I plan very well, normally, for big races. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll have all my drop bags, everything leveled right in place, all food strategies. There will have, there will be apples and tangerines also in my bag. So basically that really helps. When in big oh. climbs, I'll take out an apple and start <laughs> munching it and start climbing. So that's one of my things because you know what? That fruit has the sugar as well. It helps the brain. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because, otherwise, at some point of time of your big races, long races, you cannot have much sugar and mm. you only can get through a good fruit, like an apple or something. Mm. Right? Mm. So, yeah, so, so that's sort of stuff. I planned it well. And I went there and apparently uh, it was my first 200, I realized, okay, so I took things very seriously, everything. Mm. like, And also, I did not have a patient, but I had crew. Mm. Uh, so, and um, so I wanted to make sure that, you know, I take help from the crew right on time before, uh, you know, this, uh, before or after our, you know, other runners, because mm. I, we don't want to load the crew, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So so that was also in the strategy to time it, you know, arrive at a specific aid station uh, where crews are there and plan it right. And mm-hmm. accordingly, I tried to move it and spaced it out, uh, you know, and also I had a great strategy. I think I said great because it really worked for me in all the mm. four, um, you know, the 200s that I did, uh, the slip strategy. So I try mm. to take about two hours of sleep in, in, in 24 hours. And okay. um, so that kind of worked well for me. Mm. And, and irrespective of anything, I, I mean, whenever I'm like, my sleep aid station is coming means I'm very excited because I'll be able to sleep. So I get there yeah. immediately. I have my sleeping bag in my drop bag. I pull it out. I'm inside the sleeping bag. Boom. I ate something Ooh. and slept. And, and it's very funny how these sleeping tents are right in 200s. Sometimes you may be sleeping near somebody's feet, which is smelling and all that. <laughs> but you are so tired. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You just sleep. Okay. And two two hours alarm, you get up and then get up. And I will treat my feet uh, with uh, Epsom salt and water. I also have that stuff in my drop bag. I'll have a box mm. and then I'll get some warm water. I'll put Epsom salt and treat my feet get into a new pair of shoes eat mm. and boom you are out from there so this this is a kick for me getting this mm. whole routine in place in an aid station kind of it all set up in Cocodona. and then after all i did was i was repeating this in the next you uh, know right. a few 200s whatever i did
0: right right that's quite amazing what about um, blisters i mean do you deal with blisters in these kind of long these kind of uh, long runs so
1: uh, show what I do is
0: like, I take care of my feet. Okay.
2: Mm.
1: I go to pedicure, and, like women go to pedicure, mm. like the same way I go <laughs> to saloons for pedicure. And mm-hmm. because you have to treat your yeah. uh, feet because mm. all your life you are standing on your feet, right? Yeah. And you do, and, and how much weight the feet bears, so then need mm. maximum TLC, right? The feet. And I make sure I take care of my feet during the race, even before race, or even in regular, you know, time of my life, right? Mm. And and that helps me stay blister-free, actually. I don't have blisters. Wow. I don't get blisters, basically. And wow. I hope I don't jinx it, but yeah. so far, had yeah. it had been good. It yeah. had been good, yeah.
0: That's quite amazing because that's one thing that I read about a lot uh, for these uh, hundred miles and two hundred milers people dealing with blisters and people also put those uh, pictures on <laughs> on Facebook yeah. and social media and like sure whoa that looks that looks quite bad so that's that's so, so basically to prevention you, I
1: was talking mm-hmm. about prevention basically yeah. Uh, just be proactive about blister management it's not like what you need to do during the blister or or after the yeah. blister it's about prevention of that very problem right i mean and that's what so how I is it
0: what are you doing what are you doing to prevent it
1: so if you keep doing your so basically why blister forms right i mean mm. because you cannot air uh your you know that certain part of the foot you could a hot mm. spot right mm. and apparently and, and if you have like uh, the hard surfaces on your feet, that's not mm. good, right? That's the very pretty, pretty like susceptible. That's the area where you will get blister from. So if you keep your feet like nice and soft, nimble, mm-hmm. and you will not get blister. So how mm-hmm. do you do that? So basically, it's easier to do that by Epsom salt treatment. If you put your feet in Epsom salt and water and you rub it on the harder surfaces, eventually harder surfaces go away. Mm. and and it keeps your feet in, in properly blood circulated. That's the key. So having the blood wow. circulation in that area of the skin is important, right? And that's, you can do at home. That's home remedy or yeah. home proactive uh, prevention of blister. But the other thing you can do, you can go to a salon where you can do pedicure at a regular basis, maybe once a month, and they will do the right, right thing for your nails and stuff. They will clean mm. up the corners, right? And, and 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 they will cut it right, right. And because yeah. you don't want to have your nails growing into the flesh, and that will create problem whenever you are running regularly, right? Mm. And 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 so those sort of stuff. And also, overall, they will do a similar thing like you do uh, at home, like uh, for with Epsom salt, they will do a similar thing, but they will do it professionally, right? And yeah. do it, they do a better job. So this is what I do, and this had been working
0: for me well. That's awesome. I mean. I think that is so valuable. I mean, that's so much gold, right? I, I never, I mean, I've been, I don't run ultras like you do, but I am i run and um, never really taken feet, uh, uh, taking care of feet as an important uh, aspect of a running. I mean, what you're saying is makes complete sense, complete sense. And I think if people are listening to this, this probably is a, If there's one thing you want to take back as a runner into your lifestyle, uh, we talk about nutrition, we talk about training, everyone talks about it, but this is definitely something very unique. And um, yeah, makes a lot of sense, makes a lot of sense. So kind of maybe a slightly different issue, but something like plantar fasciitis, right? Uh, Right. uh, In your view or in your experience, does the level of taking care of feet that you're doing? Does it also as it also help you keep feet strong uh, and and it, away from something like plantar?
1: That will help partially if you do that for plantar fasciitis. But plantar fasciitis uh, probably um, um, you have to get rid of the scar tissues in within your feet. Right? <clears throat> the scar tissues that builds over time because of lack of uh, you know you know. Uh, taking care of the foot, the the scar tissues will double up. So you have to break down your scar tissues on probably on a regular basis. And um, at at least in the beginning, like, you know, so what happens normally, like when somebody starts to run in the first few years, scar tissues will build up. And Mm -hmm. and eventually uh, you have to take care of them. And, And the best way to take care of them is probably I did like whenever I was in my fourth or fifth year of running, I had plantar fasciitis, right? And and I what I did was I will put some oil on my feet and I will rock my feet with a spoon. Hmm. The, the edge of a spoon. I just tried to break down those scar tissues and and you will know you will hear a crackling sound coming out of your feet if you have hmm. scar tissues. And you will break those down in you know, a apart and eventually they will go out in the blood flow and 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 eventually you will be pain free. So basically, once you get up in the morning, you step your foot on the floor, uh, if you have scar tissues in your feet, you will feel pain. And that eventually yeah. probably leads to, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I mean, this is just only from my experience you know? and yeah, all this should yeah. be taken with that question. Yes, um, yes. Right, so, and that probably builds into scar tissue, uh, build into something like plantar fasciitis or something. Mm. So, but thing is, once I, Took care of my scar tissues with the method that I just described. Mm-hmm. I did not have any plantar facetis problem mm-hmm. then after. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just gone. And I would yeah. expect that every runner who are into their fourth or fifth year of running should not yeah. have plantar facetis anymore. It should go away.
0: That is that is uh, well said. I mean I like I like that method. I'm gonna try it. I've I've been dealing with some plantar fasciitis now after like 12, 13, 14 years of running uh never happened to me before but i think what you make what you said uh makes sense car tissue is probably the culprit over there no that those are great i love it i love it uh, Bipul. i think um, this whole focus on feet care is is something we don't talk about and uh, i'm glad we're talking about it in this podcast it's it's uh, it's a game changer uh, that that's really a huge game changer for us as runners so thank thanks for sharing your wisdom on that terrific so well that ex- that's cocodona we you know uh, with all this you you got the cocodona done then next was bigfoot right so right. Uh, and that was like uh, in august right so may was cocodona we're looking at june july august in 3 months you're back in the mountains again uh doing bigfoot how did that go
1: it was interesting how I got into Bigfoot. I mean, I had no plan of doing all these four 200s, actually. It just happened because mm. I was not of sure entry uh, in some of those. Like, Bigfoot was one of that, and I, was, I, I forgot about, you know, um, registering that race. I wanted to do it, but I forgot to register, but eventually got into waitlist. And eventually, with some back-and-forth email and all that, uh, with the RD, I really helped out, and I got in. And... Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you don't think he probably hard. has too many people bothering him to get him into a 200 mile race?
1: <laughs> uh, it's actually her, it's uh, Candice bird uh, She uh, directs, uh, she's the owner uh, of the destination trail okay. and runs these races. Uh, yeah, and, and greatly done, of course. Mm. Uh, well, so yeah, so Bigfoot probably was the hardest of the four. Mm-hmm. And uh, going out there, the mountains, the climbs, and um, and the rugged oh, and where is Bigfoot? The so I know Arizona for the
0: listeners is Arizona, right? Right. Uh, back, Bigfoot is where? I'm sorry.
1: Uh, it's in Washington, the Cascade Mountains. Okay. It's it okay. starts okay. in that uh, Helena, um, the volcanic park, mm-hmm. and it starts from there and ends in a, a small town called uh, Randall. Uh, beautiful, mm. beautiful race, amazing vistas and views, in great mm. streams, a great uh forest like clicky uh it's an awesome race, but it's a hard race very hard race it doesn't mm. have too much altitude but it has got a lot of climbs and i think it's it's my most uh favorite uh out of the four mm-hmm. and um yeah and and going in there was like um nilai was also with me we went there together mm. we had great fun in that race running in the glaciers
0: um awesome wow so, uh, you know, one thing I've always wondered, right? Um, hiking versus running uh, these uh, these beautiful mountains. Um, are you able to actually take in the scenery while you're running uh, versus if you're hiking? Um, right. So I'm a runner like
1: um, I run for kicks. Hmm. Okay. Not for views. Okay. So hmm. people will hate me for saying that. <laughs> But that's who I am. But you know what? When your run gets hard Mm. and you have no other option but to enjoy the views, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You are dealing with some problems and you have to take your mind off and the views help.
0: (laughs) Yeah, makes sense. I mean, that's very honest and authentic. Uh, I think (laughs) uh, that's very honest. Because I, I personally... When I run in the trails, I, I just can't focus on the trails because I'm focusing on the ground below, you know. uh, especially in Texas, where there, 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 there's all kinds of things on the trail. Sure. You don't sure. know, right? So I've never enjoyed a uh, trail, uh, the scenery as much. When I stop, yes, you know, when you stop and you, like you said, I think that's that's being very honest. You stop, you want to take a breath in, that's when you enjoy the views. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Makes complete sense.
1: But the streams, you know, I love streams, um, stream crossing um, in runs and getting your like, you know, feet, shoes, all the whole like part. If it can go into the streams, it really helps cooling off and those kind of stuff. And and talking of Bigfoot, um, it's a great, great race uh, from Mm -hmm. that perspective, natural beauty and all. But at the same time, it has got... Uh, you know, specific trails, um, which are really, uh, you know, scary, I would say, mm. <laughs> yeah, pretty challenging. And I misjudged um, one of the areas with the weather, so I did not carry my that was a rookie mistake, uh, mm. did not carry my um rain jacket, so I got into the rain like a really it came all of a sudden, it was dark, mm. and um. And, and, and there are a lot of fallen trees uh, on the trail. So mm-hmm. you know so crossing them and in the rain and uh, it was very hard for me and it's like like it's like thousands thousands of fallen trees and like huge wow. uh, which, which spikes on those trees basically I mean wow. and, and this trail was narrow once I once or twice I twice I slipped off and I could hold off uh, I could hold the three spikes. To get myself, keep myself in the trail. So, wow. and and at some point, I all got almost close to hypothermic um, because I had no rain jacket. It was a lot of, but I had a VV. I took the VV out, could wear the VV, making a hole um, for the face, and having mm. all my <laughs> the whole body inside the VV and moving very slowly.
2: Mm.
1: So, and I think that was the hardest moment of my trail running, uh, and it was like uh, several miles uh, for about four or five hours I think it was uh, pretty scary very slow moving in slippery surface and at the same time climbing and eventually getting into the H station I was very close to hypothermic and everybody helped in there and my friend Nila was there as well and he helped me out a lot in there and 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 that was probably my lowest moment uh, in Mm. trail running in general (laughs) and so I took a nap right after and next morning I was really fresh and finished the race uh, running throughout from there to the finish. And uh, so, so so that's something uh, I wanted to share here that, you know, if you are doing this kind of race, uh, either be prepared for moments like that. And, but it is, I mean, if you're strong in your mind, you will get out of it and finish Mm. the race and do not DNF basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you mentioned the VV. What's a VV? Uh, it's
1: that um, um, that aluminum foil, uh, uh, VV, right? V I I V Y, I think. Uh, so it's for sheltering um, whenever you are in distress to keep your uh, body warm, right? You can, okay. yeah, it, in camping, people use pretty often. Go ahead. Um, it's something, uh, you know, that aluminum blanket, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that aluminum it is basically a more enclosed form of the aluminum blanket mm. that can keep your body warm you can sleep in the woods or even if it's rain uh you can sleep and it will keep you dry and uh, warm uh, in the cold mm. Mm. Uh, it's it's, okay. it's as light as a aluminum foil blanket aluminum blanket space blanket i mean
0: mm-hmm. wow <clears throat> and and you you talked about uh mental uh mental strength right um Uh, with regards to uh, bigfoot Uh, so what is mental strength for you so basically at some point um,
1: it's a challenge for you right i mean Mm. the the art the trail the race the course uh, Mm. is kind of giving you really hard time Mm. and 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 it's not letting you pass over it pass Mm. over it right i mean you wanted to get somewhere and and it's fighting against you and at that point of time, like uh, you were in a rebellion, well, I would fight this and want to get there, right? Mm. And if you are weak in the mind thinking that, oh my God, I cannot do this. I am like weak, mm. I cannot go over it. Although so much to climb, I cannot do it. I would rather, you know, press the SOS button and get out of it, right? Mm. So, so basically it's a matter of, you know, your mind, whether you press that SOS button, Mm. Or you really want to go over it and, you know, be successful reaching the point where you want to go, right?
0: Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. So it's almost like what you say, if I were to just, uh, what I'm hearing is uh, mental strength is just the ability not to give up um, uh, at a given right. point, right? right. The, the, the length to which you can stay in the game right. and not give up, I guess that defines mental strength, you know, the the faster you press the SOS, that's that sign of mental uh, weakness in a way, right?
1: Right. Also, it will be uh, probably it's also related to your uh, <clears throat> how much hunger you have to mm. do something right. That's also important. If you are very hungry to succeed at something, you are very motivated.
0: Mm. And
1: I think that will also drive the mind to the degree of, you know, uh, to that, that level that you can actually go over anything. Uh, any uh, so that hunger is related, but in general, uh, hunger may be forgotten if you are in a really distressed situation and, mm. you know, and, you, and then the mind, uh, if the mind is weak, right? You have mm. to go through such situation and, and judge yourself that, uh, and also at the same time, I must say, you have to judge the situation. Sometimes you should be smart enough to judge the situation, right? I mean... Uh, if you are fallen from a trail down somewhere in the gulfs, and i don't think there is anything to you know anything to do about mental strength there it's a mm-hmm. matter of survival at that moment and you press the sos
0: button at that time yeah makes sense no that's that's uh that makes a lot of sense because uh, that was another question that uh, that i had is a uh, at what point do you know something is stupid versus being courageous you know, right. the, the, where does that line? And how do you know it, right? And I think you answered that question too. Uh, you know, just having that sense and wisdom to differentiate dan- real danger from perceived danger. And, right. and I guess all of that comes through uh, training and practice. You know, when you're out there doing training and practice, you, you're developing some of these uh, wisdom, uh, you know, uh, I guess, right? Yeah. Terrific. All right. So we talked about Bigfoot. And then October, you went and, you know, we talked about the virtual. Uh, so August, you're doing Bigfoot. September, you're doing the virtual Tahoe. And then October, you're doing Moab 40. It's like in three months flat. What's going on? How did that happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was interesting how I, uh, you know, wanted to do Moab. Uh, basically, because three were done. And then like the Moab was remaining at that point. Okay, I mean, why don't I just go and do Moab as well? And uh, so I talked to my wife and, hey, you know what? I I have done these three and also took help from my friend, Neil, that, you know, kind of (laughs) asked him to talk to my wife. Hey, you know what? (laughs) Put put in a
0: recommendation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, put in a recommendation that finish it off with all the four, right? (laughs) We are family people, very hard to get race (laughs) approval. (laughs) <laughs> so that's how I got into Moab and, and Moab, I wanted to do it alone. Mm. That is one thing uh, without anybody around. Uh, I, because that's, that's the one thing I wanted to... I, I tell my friends or tell my, our community that, you know, doing a 200 miler alone is a different experience. Mm. For four, five, four days, you're out there alone doing a tough job with no help from anywhere just of course you're taking help from the aid station that's different but otherwise you're alone right? Mm -hmm. no pacer no crew you know and uh, so that is what also I wanted to experience and Moab gave me that and uh, I was happy to finish Moab and I love uh, the course overall In from toughness perspective I love Bigfoot but Mm -hmm. uh, from a course and a race perspective in general if I want to do it again uh, Moab it is and I want wow. to go out there and enjoy that trails because they're the, the beauty of the, the you know, the, the rocks and the formations, um, you know, everything is so uh, like, you know, surreal. It's quite mm-hmm. different. You cannot <clears throat> experience that without actually running into them. You have to be on your foot and explore those areas to
0: be able to see. So Yeah. So I think um, Niloy, Hima, did it in 2020 correct that or is correct yeah. yeah that's yeah, when yeah. that's when i spoke to them about uh, the moab experience um wow so you did it in 2021 amazing and i saw some of those shots and pictures that uh, niloy and himayat said yeah i agree with you it's 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 just uh, even in the picture it looks amazing right. uh, so i can only, right. we can only imagine how it must be being there in person
1: right and the weather over there is uh, quite dynamic and they're just saying, hey, anything can happen here. It's Moab. Mm-hmm. So, so so it gives you that challenge also at the same time. And weather changes. Some rain is just rain and snow mm. all of a sudden. And weather changes pretty frequently. And uh, yeah, from that perspective, the race is very interesting.
0: Mm. So, you know, <clears throat> almost like uh, four big, huge, long uh, races Uh, how was your body holding up? You you were still doing great at the end of Moab. You you were not beginning to feel it? Um,
1: Well, so during Moab, I mean, I knew that there was nobody from family or friends in general over there. And so I wanted to race staying safe. Mm. So I wanted to race within my proper um, capability and limits. And I did not want to do anything crazy there. I mean, I just wanted to enjoy and at the same time keep moving forward. And and that's what exactly um, happened. And and that went as per plan. Um, yeah. yeah. So you asked me about like, you know, regarding like how you go from distress to another. So basically, mm-hmm. Uh, The body adapts to it, Santosh, Um, Mm. so uh, so doing these three races or four races within this amount of time, uh, from the first to the second will be harder, but luckily for me, first to the second, I had more time. But second Mm. to the third to the fourth, I had not not too much time, but the body adapted to recover well. Mm. And I was taking really good care of food and nutrition during this process. I did not want to indulge anything um, except maybe like a, in a week or two weeks, one beer, right? So, <laughs> so otherwise, I took pretty much good care of the f- food and nutrition and the exercise routine. And the good thing is I did not need training miles in between because mm. your last race is the training for your current race. So, yeah, yeah. that worked well and I like less training, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> That that is clear. That is clear. You you're a smart you're a smart uh, about your training. Uh, you know uh, so well. You're smart about it, but you still do a lot of training. I mean, I don't think uh, I would say that uh, you cut corners in your training. You just take a different approach to training. I mean, you're still doing right. fifteen sixteen hours of training Right. Week. I am I am spending the time. Uh, so that's um, that is a significant amount of uh, investment in training you do anyway. So. But yeah, but I think you're doing it smart. So that that's that's the key here, right? All right, thank and, you. And um, so at this level of fitness, you know, uh, what's what's your rested heart rate? You must be like in your 40s. Uh,
1: well, it used to be below 40s at, at at some time back when I measured like 39 mm. or something like that. But now probably it will be between 40 and 45 because the way I feel I can tell, but I yeah. haven't measured in several, a couple of years.
0: Hmm. And do you also measure things like heart rate variability and things like that? Do you keep an eye on that?
1: I started training lately looking at uh, heart Mm rates and um, trying to go more aerobic training um, because that's seemingly helping. Like, you know, recently I ran a marathon, uh, like after five years actually. Uh, Like in uh, April, I think I ran a marathon, yeah. And uh, so in that training period, um, I indulged in aerobic training, trying to Mm. run uh, below 140 heart rate Mm. and and maintaining and eventually pace got better and better under 140. But initially it was bad. And eventually I could run easy runs under 140. So that helped. Uh, So from then onwards now, like, you know, I am like looking more towards, um, you know, closed loop training with heart rate as the parameter. Mm.
0: And um, you know the the kind of ultras you do, right? Uh, really long hours on your feet, all alone. Especially something like Moab. Uh, do you think um, ultra runners also have uh, spiritual experiences? Have you, what's your view on that? Do you have you had spiritual experiences in these kind of runs?
1: Yes. So uh, I think it uh, depends on the person how they mm. uh, you know look at the run. Mm. if you let go you will experience spirituality uh, from it, mm. right so normally uh, after about 40 miles or so in a, in a run i don't get anything uh really spiritual necessary up to 50k but mm. once i run a 50 mile or something i think for me the chemical changes starts happening like after 40 miles or so so that you can uh, you can get into that you know spiritual exploration yeah. cave of your brain or mind uh, yeah, so I normally connect to my mother, uh, who is deceased, mm. uh, who uh, I lost her in two thousand eight, mm. uh, and um, and she was like fifty four or something uh, at that mm. time, and so and I connect to her, and and that's the kind of spirituality, and that's spiritual for me, mm. and I feel her presence, uh, and mm. um, and I can talk to her. I cry, I cry a lot uh, in that mm. moment. And miles and miles of like emotion and 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 tears and yeah. uh, and once that phase is over, I'm like a completely new runner. I'm like I really really feel good, like yeah. say, you know next. So for example, mile forty is that about mile up to mile forty five? I don't even know how mile forty five went, and mm. and and no, and and that and and I that got very fast. I became faster in that section. And, and, and that's what I had been experiencing in all my runs. And, and this happens and uh, in 200 milers, that same face keeps coming back several times. Mm. That's what I am so hooked to it as well. Uh, yeah. It keeps coming back, it keeps coming back. Mile 40, maybe mile 80, it comes back again. Again, mile 120, when that comes, I know that after that's over, I'm again will be new me and it, yeah. it, it helps me a lot. And, yeah. and, and, oh. and all of a sudden, I started appreciating more nature after mm. that. And I started appreciating uh, my relationships. Um, I started appreciating my friends, my community. My gratefulness increases. And and you know what? Mm. Whenever somebody is grateful, they're happier, right? Yeah. It, 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 I mean, non-grateful yeah, people are unhappy, right? I mean, yeah. when, and then you are a happy runner, you know? Yeah. I think that's the kind of runner high I get that's slightly different and and once uh, I also experienced hallucination and that was in Moab I think Mm. mile 220 or something it's a long stretch patch, a long stretchy road like and uh, like prehistoric racers all came out live in front of me (laughs) and and that I experienced in Moab and that went on for several miles until I lost track of the original course I went Uh, of course and my watch started beeping beep 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 beep. then all of a sudden i woke up from that world and then i came back down and found the right course so that's hallucination experience for me
0: (laughs) wow wow yeah i mean that's beautiful and uh, whatever you shared from a spiritual experience point of view is is so deep and so beautiful and and uh, i I can't uh, imagine why you you know how you can escape it In you know when you're uh, when you're doing those kind of long endurance activities uh, in nature, um, you know, that's this is the this is the price. You know, this is the prize. and this is what monks and uh, you know the sages go to Himalayas and uh, <laughs> for years to achieve. And um, so, you know, it's very important. I mean, there are there's, there are there is a sect of monks uh, in Japan that actually makes uh, these thousand mile runs. Right, I heard about that. Part them. of their, uh, you know. Uh, what's the word the incubator onboarding uh, you know so what next um so this year
1: i'm planning like not too many races like last year like um i'm planning to run the ure race ure uh, in um, colorado that is a mm. Ure hundred miler is my plan and, and then after i have um, the Thor. Uh, the the Tordesans, um uh, in it's in Italy. Uh, mm. It's a, a three hundred thirty kilometer race. Uh, it's two hundred plus, I think. I mean miles, and and that had a lot of that have a lot of birds like verticals, like eighty two thousand feet verticals. So wow. I have to train a lot. And, um, and regarding experience of that kind of race, I I ran UTMB in two thousand nineteen, so mm. I have some know how of those trails, but. UTMB um, is uh, 34,000 feet wide, over 100 miles, and mm-hmm. this one is like over 200 miles, about 82,000 particles, So, wow. uh, and maybe more, some people say, and uh, so different, uh, similar, but different, uh, you know, uh, kind of race and it's 200 miler. So that's my you know, kind of, you know, favorite racing distance today. Mm-hmm and uh so looking forward for that yeah i mean, i started yeah. training i started training i'm like bo- more like specific towards climbs and stuff uh in the gym working out i have kind of you know reorganized my training routine mm. and you know and
0: uh, yeah awesome yeah um you know wish you uh, continued success and continued uh, uh you know um joy in in what you're doing obviously um i mean i love the conversation people has so much uh, depth to what you bring uh to to the table in terms of your experience and what you've captured and foot care man that's a big takeaway <laughs> thank, <laughs> you, thank you thank you if one thing you can great. take away from this podcast foot care it is uh, awesome so hey we covered a fair bit of ground um and uh we, we spent time in you know your past your flashback and spent a good amount of time on some technical aspects of uh, running and endurance sports and then of course your the big the big runs last year uh, coming to the last part of our conversation i have a fun q and a round with my guests uh, so you're you ready for that all right
1: <laughs> worries <laughs> so, a
0: little bit but uh, <laughs> fire away <laughs> all right so first one What's your favorite dessert? Kulfi. Kulfi. Nice. Is that something you also consume during the ultras?
1: During ultras, ice cream, uh, because Kulfi is hard to find. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, of course. I had a lot of ice cream in Cocodona last time. Hima brought to
0: me every time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sugar and protein man that's uh and fat so hey that's health food <laughs> for ultras <laughs> the most offensive thing someone has said about your running ultras yeah, nobody has said such thing to me <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing, nothing has nice. offended you so far
1: or no, maybe even no. if they've said nothing has offended you <laughs> no it's um they all love me they will never say anything mm-hmm. offensive
0: yeah not your friends but like uh, you know sometimes uh, when you meet some stranger or acquaintance just casual social conversation you could get some very funny questions or you could get some remarks that that can be not offensive but it can be like hmm really say that uh, well
1: okay i would i would i would say then okay so i mean many, many of my friends think i'm a, like a really excessive dreamer in terms of dreamer i mean dreaming uh, yeah, in yeah. terms of um, you know, planning my races or my training, and and some say it even like that like you're the mungerilal, right? <laughs> 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 you know, that mungerilal has that's serial. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, relevant to that, but you know, they all say that just for fun, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I take right. it with a like you know, lighter note, and it helps me rather that. I should not dream too much and be realistic down to the yeah. ground, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it seems like uh, uh, nothing much is, uh, uh, offends you. So, um, a passion other than ultras, when you're not doing ultras and training for ultras, anything that you love to do.
1: I like to um, listen to good quality music, like mm. um, like I'm an audiophile. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I like quality reproduction of good music.
0: Mm. Any particular genre or uh, band or musician that yeah, is your. I grew
1: up liking like Guns N' Roses and all, like a mm. lot of heavy metal listening in the past. Like Judas Priest was uh, my all time favorite. Yes. But now, you know, with uh, I'm kind of, you know, decoupling myself from heavy metal. And I like more like opera, like Maria Callas mm. is my favorite uh, opera singer. Mm.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Yeah, I play opera during my night runs, like in the in the in the phone speaker. I don't like headphone on the ear. Um, okay. uh, in the nights, uh, especially after midnight, uh, when I'm running into the wee hours of the morning uh, in the races, uh, especially in the two hundred, uh, I play opera
0: primarily my, Maria Callas. <laughs> Nice, nice. That's a first for me to, from a runner, listening to opera during running. Uh, it's, uh, nice. it's a nice. It's in a good way, you know. It's a, yeah, a good, yeah. Let me different. tell you this story
1: quickly. Uh, so basically, I was descending Zacop's ladder in Moab uh, uh, last uh, last year, and I was playing opera. I think it was most surreal experience of my running. Um, you know, listening maracolas and 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 descending down Zekov's ladder. It's one section of Moab, which is pretty technical and nice, very beautiful, mm. and it's fun. I definitely recommend. If there are opera lovers, play some opera and descend down Zekov's ladder in Moab to forty. Experience of a lifetime, and a lot of other runners who were passing by or ahead or behind me. Uh, they were appreciating as well so that's why i am in freedom to say it was good thing to do
0: nice nice that's awesome any wildlife encounters in your ultras so far
1: well in in 200 mile distances i haven't encountered really like um, wildlife but in my uh, home park which is alum like i have encountered like uh, mountain lions Mm-hmm. A mountain lions with three cubs and um, it was right in 50 yards of me and 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 definitely the lion knows i'm there i was with my kid as well and, um, and they are more you know sensory advanced as compared to humans so they know you are there but they did not the lion did, mountain lion didn't do anything i just backed off uh, nicely mm-hmm. and and then after also i have encountered mountain lion but that was probably most uh, close encounter.
0: Closest. Nice. Uh, a book or a movie that has inspired you? Eat and Run, Scott Jurek. Hmm. Do you also watch movies?
1: I do. I I love martial arts movies uh, because I used to practice combat sports before so I can see myself in it. And uh, so yeah, I like Bruce Lee movies and a lot lot, like Enter the Dragon and all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, Hey, that that was, uh, uh, thanks. Uh, You did well on the Q&A. We learned a few more things about you. So thanks for sharing that. that was a fascinating conversation, uh, Before uh, Kind of coming to the end of our um, chat here. Uh, any final parting words to our audience before we wrap up?
1: Okay. I would say that uh, do not go too hard too soon. Uh, I learned that uh, the hard way. I'm a person like to go hard too soon and not a good idea to do that.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, you're thriving. So uh, I don't know if someone is going to take that advice. Uh, <laughs> because well, look at him. He's this, doing great. I want to be like him.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, take that thought, you know. Yeah, maybe yeah. go against it. Uh, but you know what? You have a lot of repair to do hmm. that way. And uh, it's a, one thing comes with it, one advice that starting to run at a little later age, hmm. uh, there will be some injuries will come to you. For example, mm. say IT band, sin spilling, philantrophestis, mm. all these will come to you and when they recover, they make you stronger. Mm. But I don't say that go hard and get those injuries faster and recover.
0: Kind <laughs> yeah. of, I do not know the consequence. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. No, I get it, I get it. Uh, I think a great, great message, you know, be organic in your growth and uh, I, I guess that's what, that's what I'm hearing and what you're saying. Uh, hey, that was, uh, that was a fantastic conversation, people, and thanks for taking your time out. Uh, let you uh, go and enjoy the rest of the afternoon, and uh, we'll stay in touch.
1: Thank you, Santos. Really privileged to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.